say this is not this is not okay. Uh, party line votes. A party line vote with no Dems in support. Nomination now heads to Senate floor for final vote. DPA Sessions is a disaster for drug policy and criminal justice reform. Today, the Senate Judiciary Committee voted to advance the nomination of Jeff Sessions for Attorney General of the United States. The vote was 11 to 9, with no Democrats supporting the nominee. The nomination will now go to the Senate floor for a full and final vote. Jeff Sessions is a disaster for drug policy and criminal justice reform, said Bill Piper, Senior Director for Drug Policy Alliance's Office of National Affairs. He is a nightmare for medical marijuana patients and will destroy families and communities by amplifying the mass incarceration crisis. And don't you feel like we just finally started talking about the mass incarceration crisis as a whole? It was on Netflix, which shapes all of our lives, and that 13 thing. And now there's a follow-up to the 13 with Oprah. And people are finally starting to realize that the draconian drug laws of the 70s were put in place specifically for the industrial machine that eats people, the industrial. We were actually, um, even during the debates or what have you, we were talking about the heroin epidemic that is going on like in the light of white rural and suburban communities. So for those who voted for Trump, who have uh, relatives that have a drug, you know, uh, drug addiction, this is going to... This is going to affect them as well. It's going to roll back. We've just recently had some drug policy reform in the ways of harm reduction. And this, you know, we were talking about this. This has come about because suddenly the epidemic is white. Black (laughs) people have been dying of, you know, have have had addiction issues for years. And instead we just incarcerate them. But now all of a sudden that, you know, little Susie, 15 year old (laughs) Susie Kim, you know, or whatever in Indiana, suddenly she's on opiates and she can't get off the oxygen. And now we're like, oh, we need to deal with this medically and help this person. And it's like, slap that face. was big news when I started. There was some stuff that came out, and I'm sure it's been out in the past before anyway. But it was highlighted recently, where in a lot of Trump supporting areas, uh, there was a significant amount of opioid addiction. Uh, Absolutely, it's very. And this is, of course, a lot of the group, and this is a generalized statement, of course. But this is the group that's talking about how drugs are bad, drugs should be illegal, and addiction is, it should be incarcerated. And now look at them. Now they're. I mean, it's, they're this, they're the same people that are hopped up and pilled up. Yeah. Because of, you know, because of maybe the pharmaceutical companies, maybe not all of them, because some of them like the meth. Right, right, right. <laughs> you, can go, you can go two routes. You Throw can go classic homemade meth. Yeah, right. But I mean, the thing is, it's just like we just came. We're almost full circle with getting everyone on board with the war on drugs is flawed. Right. And now we have a new new administration that wants to bring it back, you know, um, in full force. Fifty billion dollars a year. Fifty billion What's that? dollars. That's the budget uh, for the, the war on drugs every year. That's the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency. About money savings. Budget. Uh, right? And the, to be able to, but the thing is that I don't think they want to curb recidivism. 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 I can't, it's so hard to say that word. I'm not going to even try. Recidivism. Nope. Like the when people go back to it. When yeah. you're trying to rehabilitate and you say, hey, now they're, if you put it if you just incarcerate people, they don't get better. No. They get <laughs> and, the scarlet letter. And, but drug addiction, this is like a, a problem that we've created because we don't have the mental health services to be able to service people. I mean, and this all goes back for me. It seems so simple and it's so hard for me to understand, but it goes back to abortion. Maybe if we, not to, you know, there are some people that are alive today that maybe if there would have been access 
to whatever. They wouldn't have they wouldn't have had a terrible life that led them into drug addiction or that led them into alcoholism or that led there's a lot of people that, you know, I guess I just don't see why they're they have such a moralistic stance on something that is not even alive yet and doesn't have but once someone's actually alive, then there's no help services oh it's good luck you know yeah exactly it's just like don't kill that unborn baby but if you're a heroin addict or a crackhead you should be incarcerated you should get the chair now what how 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 much sense does that make right and especially (laughs) if it's less than zero if people (laughs) if people don't have the parenting skills i mean and that's the thing say oh they're making an abortion it's like how about if we Think about parenting skills and teaching kids how to be in relationship education. It all goes back to that word. If your kids, if you teach your young girls that their self-esteem doesn't have to be balanced upon crazy horny. That's the thing is that girls aren't ready to have sex when boys are ready to have sex. And guys are going to push girls into sex. And girls are who have different issues and self-esteem issues because of whatever's perpetuated by our society want boys to like them so if they're suddenly said told well i'm not gonna like you if you don't have sex with me they're gonna be like well i want him to him to love me and then i even i used to teach high school and i had a student who got she was in my class and she got pregnant on purpose because she said no one's ever loved me my mom didn't love me my dad didn't love me i'm gonna have a baby because this baby is gonna love me and i said you're 16 years old don't do this and then she did she went out and got pregnant and she changed classrooms she wasn't in my classroom anymore she was in the special mommy classroom and you know where they raise their kids in school or whatever with each other and i was like but she she had enough wherewithal to point to it and say no one's ever loved me i want something to love me i'm going to have a baby and i'm like what well i mean it it it, this boils down to where like a lot of people like to talk about fiscal responsibility but you can't have that if you have you know a broken home uh your parents are uneducated because of the fact of economically they were set to fail as well it's all it's like a domino or a snowball effect basically of like you know why people end up in the situations going on to like you know the 16 year old having the child and and how about her upbringing right she had a crappy upbringing. yeah it it goes to that and you know you could you could be as poor as dirt and have a broken home as well as wealthy as fuck and still have a broken home and end up into these situations because it 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 boils down to education and it, it boils down to um also economics but the basic things that people don't get at home because maybe the parents weren't in the house because of addiction or they had to work all the time or the wealthy family was always at work all the time or just didn't give a fuck right you know so in light of in light of uh, black history month (laughs) uh, somebody explained this to me and i finally understood like when when people say well we in america are all given the same opportunities and Blah, blah, and Thank I you. and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. It's like they started a race, right? They started the race, bang. Except that all the black people have 10 pound weights strapped to each leg, and they're like, start the race, bang, go. And then suddenly the white people were all way ahead, and we turn around, and we're like, where'd they all go? What's going on? And they were like, oh wait, they had they had weights on their ankles. We need to take those weights off. Those are chains. And then we take the chains off. Right. You take the chain gang off and you take them off. And you're like, well, why aren't you here now? 
Why aren't you up here with us? You're so far behind now. We just can't even. And, then, and you would think like, let's start the race over. But people say, no, 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 no. We're just, we're just gonna, we're gonna keep going on because I'm entitled. Because now I'm at the front of the, I'm, I ran fast and hard, and I am at the front of the pack, and it is my pack, and I did the work, and that's what it is. And it's like, but wait a minute. That's not like. You, yeah, you had a better opportunity and a head start. Wait, well, and it, it's and even if there isn't opportunity and a head start, you didn't have a detriment applied to you. You didn't have huge weights on your legs right. that that people were not even acknowledging. They're like, all right, let's go, bang. And, and, here, and here's here's the sad part for the poor white folks that think they're ahead of the race, which they're not, but they vote that way. They got another thing coming. Especially now with the fact of the matter is just like you thought your leader was going to bring your jobs back. You're going to still be in that shack in West Virginia. You think you're ahead of the game? No, you back there with us too now. And we're you're just all blind. The thing is, the I, I really honestly feel the majority of Americans are, are woke in what's going on. And the fact of the matter is like I think a lot of people, especially in these rural communities, aren't awoke because... They they think they're they're wishing upon a star. Yeah, it's not gonna come true. Right, and it's a reality TV star, so it's like the least <laughs> shiny star in the firmament. It's like the you know what tarnished I mean? Tarnished star. It's the tarnished star. It's like the star that's about to go supernova, and that seems big <laughs> and good. Except that then what happens after that is it becomes a black hole. It becomes a seething mass that sucks everything into it and murders and kills all, even the light. Even light cannot exist in a black hole. That was funny. Let's that get back to like this. a fairy tale, dark and grim. Yeah, it's terrible. It's We're scared. So back to Jeff Sessions, scary, scary guy. Uh, Sessions' record is deeply concerning. In recent years, 28 states have legalized marijuana for medical use, including nine states represented by members of the Judiciary Committee. And an additional 16 states, including six states represented by members of the Judiciary Committee, have legalized CBD oils and non-psychotropic components of marijuana that have shown effectiveness in managing epileptic seizures that affect that afflict children. Uh, CBN is another good one. CBD, uh, THC, THCA, all the good ones. Uh, additionally, people who use marijuana in Louisiana with a doctor's recommendation are protected from arrest. Hey, that's great. Eight states have voted to legalize tax and regulate marijuana like alcohol, including California. Jeff Sessions has said, good people don't smoke marijuana, disparaging the tens of millions of Americans who have used marijuana, including the last three presidents. He has criticized the Justice Department's guidance respecting state marijuana laws and even opposes marijuana for medical use. If confirmed as attorney general, Sessions could increase marijuana arrests and prosecutions, threaten state officials, and undermine the ability of local agencies to regulate marijuana. In a recent article in The Hill, former Department of Justice officials and Sessions allies said states that voted to legalize marijuana may be in for reckoning. I just That's the real thing. I yeah, just actually, wanted to put a cue. That's the actual quote. It says, may be in for a reckoning. Uh, that sounds like him. Yeah, right? Sessions was the chief opponent of 2016 bipartisan efforts to reduce sentences for drug offenses, voting against the bill in committee. Sessions has also been critical of the Obama Justice Department's guidelines around sentencing that were designed to limit harsh 
sentencing and reserve mandatory minimums for major offenders. He opposes any reform of civil asset forfeiture, a process that allows government agencies to seize money and property without having to charge anyone with a crime. We talked about this last year. Yep. The kid that was on, he saved his twelve thousand, eight thousand. It was either eight, ten, or twelve thousand dollars. He had saved this money forever. He was from New York. He got on a train to go live his dream in California yeah. to take his make his recording and his like new album of whatever music he was doing. And he'd gotten this money from his parents. He'd raised it on the GoFundMe and all the stuff. And he's on the train, and they took his money without charging him of anything and said it was drug money. They just took his money. They took his money. They really? just Rob- took his money. They robbed him jacked him and said he and he had no he didn't have a pipe he had no marijuana there was no there was no charge there was no they can do it up to forty thousand dollars they can just take Take it your stuff they just took his money and property and they never get your property they just they can do that this was in new york when this happened he was a train he was on a train train so the amtrak and that's the thing is that the amtrak officials were somehow different and because we, we went into this whole, we had no idea about this this forfeiture thing. And I think California just overturned it so we don't, they can't do it in California. But federally, they can still do it. The DEA can seize your property without charging you for a crime. And it's insane. It's insane, yeah. That, that was something very educational that we learned that day. Yeah. But just the sad thing is the majority of people don't know about this and how Jeff Sessions is very dangerous. I, I mean, it's... Uh, it just brings up... And the whole thing with that is it was racial profiling. Oh, It's because he was yeah. black. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and then they just they said, well, this is drug money. Why would, why would anybody be on this train here uh, with you know, $10,000? Right. How would you have gotten that money? He's like, well, when I, I think of trains, it. I think of, when I think of drugs, I think of trains. Trains, right? Yeah. yeah the Amtrak. One the same, right? Especially. That's all you. But there was no, there were no drugs. They just took his money. It's terrible. Uh, so that's a real thing. Um, mm. That's a civil thing. asset forfeiture. The Drug Policy Alliance has created a digital campaign to put the brakes on Alabama Republican Senator Jeff Sessions' nominee, nomination for Attorney General. The Drug Policy Alliance campaign includes a video launched on the route that exposes Jeff Sessions' appalling record on drug policy, civil and human rights, and criminal justice reform. The Drug Policy Alliance video, created by award-winning filmmaker Dream Hampton, alternates between archival media footage of Sessions' troubling racist words and actions and DPA staff and allies talking about what sessions would mean for drug policy and criminal justice. The video ends with a call to action asking people to call their senators to reject sessions for attorney general. Uh, recently, the Drug Policy Alliance organized a teleconference for reporters to discuss Sessions' record on civil and human rights, criminal justice reform, and drug policy. Representatives from Latino Justice, NAACP, uh, Legal Defense Fund, the Council on American Islamic Relations, Cato Institute, the Samuel DeWitt Proctor Conference, and the Drug Policy Alliance expressed their concerns about Sessions. Senators should reject Jeff Sessions for the floor, Piper said. He must be stopped before he causes irreparable damage to our country. Uh, oh, man. These, like, three years are going to be looking sexy. I be- mean... <laughs> this is the sexiest cabinet ever. All straight white males. Wow. Yeah, this is... Uh, sexy. This sexy. is not re- representative of the republic. This is representative of a very specific type of... Oh, yeah. Republic. Uh, that it's so scary. Banana. 
<laughs> the banana. <laughs> yes, there's the joke. They all have their bananas. Uh, so this is the, the on the cover of their thing. They have the Stop Jeff Sessions nomination. He was picked uh, to be the next Attorney General. You can click on the link to send a message to your senator now, and uh, you put in your you just copy paste. It's really easy. Uh, the letter that you can copy paste says, "Dear Senator, President Elect Donald Trump has picked Sessions to be the next Attorney General of the United States. I urge you to oppose his nomination as a U.S. Senator from Alabama." said good people don't smoke marijuana. He once joked that the only issue with the Ku Klux Klan was their drug use. He was even denied a federal judgeship 30 years ago by a Republican-controlled Senate for racist remarks. He is likely to use his power as Attorney General to interfere with state legal marijuana and medical marijuana programs. Sessions is also a proponent of harsh sentences for drug offenses. Sessions was the chief opponent of recent bipartisan efforts to reduce the sentences for drug offenders, demagoguing that this proposal would provide for leniency for legal alien drug traffickers and voting against the bill in Judiciary Committee. Jeff Sessions is not fit to serve as Attorney General, and as your constituent, I am strongly urging you to oppose his nomination sincerely, your first and last name. Uh, you can copy-paste this, and they have uh, a list of all of the... Uh, of the senators you can send it to. So please, I urge you to do that uh, now. Now, because ASAP. Yeah, because things are things are getting scary. He's, he's about to. I think there's a either one or two Democrats that have are still holding out uh, for his confirmation. So I was just reading about that today. Huffington Post. Yeah, are they holding out now with the numbers that such that it is? Is it going to make an impact, or is it more of a, uh, a spiritual stand? He's, I think it. It's not going to make an impact. Right. You know, he's but it's important. He's going to be yeah. the attorney general. It's, it's still important be, yeah. to make waves. Yeah. And make this known how we feel, of course. Exactly. But I mean, this is you know, it this, would be a sh- the biggest shame to start rolling back the marijuana drug reform. Uh, and policy reform that we've had recently and the legalization that we've rallied around and embraced here in California and in Colorado and legally in Washington First and Oregon. Of all, you would think, okay, so these Republicans love Bunny, right? So look they how claim much, to. Yeah. Can if if you see how much revenue that Colorado and Washington State have brought back to their state. Right. Um you would think, hey, I like money. Greed is good. You know what? Let's try to roll things forward because we like money. We can get into this ourselves. Right. But the sad thing is, I think some of the Republicans, like Jeff Sessions, don't don't understand how much, you know, federally this could help and, and bring help economically basically what i'm trying well, to say the, the problem is that they're having a moral stance about marijuana and marijuana is proven now to have medical benefits to help lots of people both emotionally and physically alcohol is the devil and yet yep. it is so legal yeah that's and, the absolute truth and it's on the republican side especially the new republicans or the ones of late there's been a co-opt by by the religious right and such that it becomes a moral conversation instead of a fiscal conversation which yes you would win that conversation those who win on the side of the money that can be made should win and can win every single time but you're right it ends up being a moral problem and yes alcohol has the greatest PR in the world what marijuana probably needs is some great commercials let's get it right. there you go let's get them a good PR team and let's get the word Dude, out 
the Super something, Bowl. Something other than that Cheech would be and perfect. Chong. Super would be great. Yes. <laughs> something other than Cheech and Chong. Because what we've done yeah. is we've dumbed down and we've said marijuana users are stupid. And that here's the thing. An anti-authority. If, if, if I'm, well, I'm, an, I'm anti-authority. Yeah, sure. But if, if, if marijuana makes you dumb, then, then I, you know, then I shouldn't have two master's degrees. Like, <laughs> how is it? How is it possible? Be a spokesperson. Right. I mean, right. come on. I, I shouldn't be able to know the fact of the difference between right and wrong if I'm such a pothead. No. That's right. just me. No, well, I, like I Reefer Madness. <laughs> but that's what Reefer Madness said. All the propaganda that went in in the 30s because William Randolph Hearst had cotton farms instead of hemp farms. And the hemp breaker just had its, uh, the hemp breaker just came out with its uh, patent. And it was going to be widely released so that people could make hemp more usable. It was used to be really difficult to take hemp and turn it into rope and turn it into other things. But this new machine in the 30s, it was great. And so the people that had money in timber and in cotton said, whoa, whoa, wait, yeah. wait a minute. We don't want a competing. And DuPont came out with all that um, yeah. all that nylon rope. And they were like, haha, yep. we don't want hemp. On, the ships should all be on uh, nylon rope now. They should never do hemp again. We could have had all hemp ropes. We could have natural. It all boils down to a Betamax versus VHS sort of situation, right. political side of the business side, and then it became, the conversation was marketed as morality. Right. Morality, as well as uh, the end of uh, prohibition, Anheuser-Busch oh, yeah. also was part of the campaign during the 1930s oh, to be part of to, the whole... To villainize. Uh, booze, yeah, yes. We exact, know. Exactly. And booze plus good, they used the bad. whole... Uh, racial uh, stamp tax I believe uh, for Mexican people saying that they were um, the ones that were bringing it in Right. so that goes back to the 30s uh. if I'm such a stoner why do I know that do you, right? know all yeah, facts? Just... you keep bringing facts to the table I don't understand <laughs> we've, we've, done a, we've, we've been talking about marijuana for the last three years like I mean all the way from like when it's Speaking of. the first in the very first uh, medical journals actually in the very first written recorded things of humanity it was the Chinese there were these four books of medicine and the Chinese wrote them and they talk about they talk about medical marijuana this is 4,000 years ago this is one of our first recorded texts and they talk about marijuana usage the the Indians have been using and it's that's even the wrong India indigenous well the Indians from India have been using it for 4,000 years they use cow pee to keep the bugs away they don't use pesticides uh, and it's, it's all natural awesome they have a drink called bang which is this weird like yogurt lossy thing with weed in it it's awesome they've been using it medicinally in for africa hashish of years. yeah i mean here in the americas as well and then we we can even talk about in the americas here the coca leaf right that's right. another subject though we won't get into well, that and now i've had coca tea from my one of my friends went to uh she went to Colombia and she came back and she brought me a box of coca tea and that stuff was amazing. It was like way better than coffee. It was way better than caffeine. And it was like, you know, you steep your coffee, you steep your coca leaves in your water. I don't know if it was illegal for her to bring back, but boy was it good. And it wasn't like I'm high on cocaine. It was like <laughs> it was like really really good coffee. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's 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 I think the fact of the matter is just like We've said this over and over again that there's just too much money in these pharmaceutical companies yeah, yeah, and lobbying, yeah, yeah. and I think that and the oil business, uh, oh God, petrochemical, they, they they're all one and the same. I feel like the, the the petrochemical companies and the pharmaceutical companies, they're deriving like these fake medicines from science, which is I mean it's. 
just don't think that we can solve don't everything. Don't use that word. It's a dirty word. Science. science. Yeah, quit done bringing science into this. You can't do I that just, around here. I feel like, why do we, what is it about how they've changed us as a people? They haven't we, changed us. No, they, they have because Some we use... When did we start believing that if you take a pill, it will make it better? Was it was it when advertising was invented? Was it was it like um, turn of the century? I think there was good intentions in that. I think a lot of study was done on on, on things that started from plants, like uh, and then we just decided to ma- mass manufacture them. And then of course, yes, then money got involved. And while that could also be a positive inside and make more medicines for us, it of course was then taken over by those that just were rich and greedy. And then now it's been taken advantage of. And yes, now you have the drug companies that are today, which is a downside of capitalism, giving all the power to a very few. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is that we wouldn't even need some of our drugs if we hadn't, if we don't live our lifestyles the way we do, like all of our blood pressure medication. Yeah, I we feel could, like we could fix a lot of this with like diet and exercise. Right. Diabetes. Word. Thank yeah. you. Simple shit. Right. Yes. Thank but, you. But, but that's the thing is that we don't even have, we, not everybody has access to good food. I mean, or education right. or on, education education on it's good food. It's set up food. that way. Yes. It's McDonald's is a uh, dollar forty nine. Why not? Why go there? Why would I want to get a, a leafy greens and some uh, right some stuff at the grocery store that cost me seven dollars? Right. And I can just go to the right. if I can just McDonald's, get it for dollar forty nine. They put yeah. those places in poor communities for a reason to set people up, as well as they put those places in suburbs. May I say? Cause yes, no, it's you, true. Because you cannot get away from an Olive Garden, a McDonald's, or Applebee's yeah, for sure right, in the absolutely. suburbs. It's very telling when you go to a grocery store and you see that the, the soda, a, a two-liter soda is 99 cents, but a bottle of water is $1.45. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, right? <laughs> the irony there is, but that's the thing. How can that be possible? Because water is water, and soda is like water and corn syrup and sparkle sugar, things and sugar, fake sugar. Sugar. Crap. Like, I mean, every once in a, like maybe once every two months, I'll have a Mexican Coke. You know what I mean? That's real sugar. Mm-hmm. With real sugar. Nice treat. Nice treat. But we, our bodies are not meant, we're never designed to take in these many false products. I honestly, I have, I have kidney issues and I attribute my kidney issues to the massive amounts of Diet Coke I drank in my 20s. I went to Costco once a week and I got myself a flat Diet Coke. I got 24 Diet Cokes and I would go through those in <laughs> a, flat a week. Of, nice. A flat of Diet Coke and it was either, it was six days and sometimes seven, but it was never eight. I drank Diet Coke instead of water. I drank, I would wake up and I'd go to the refrigerator and I'd pop one of those cold, delicious, weird, now they taste weird to me, but oh, I just would be like, sweet. I would like <laughs> slam a Diet Coke in the morning and then get another and have it in the car on the way to work. And I was, I, at the time I used to wonder like, why? When I moved to San Francisco, I like immediately lost 10 pounds and I couldn't figure out what it was. And it was that I no longer drove my car. Ah. I just started walking everywhere to get that Diet Coke to get, well, yeah, I just stopped drinking Diet Coke because I didn't have any money to buy Diet Coke. <laughs> this was before I got on food stamps, but now I would never spend money on foods. I would, I'll buy sparkle water, but I won't buy Same. Love the LaCroix. Love the any Ditto. sparkle water. Really, sparkle man. water. Love it. Mm, I love my period. Yeah. Oh man. But Crystal like, Geyser. Yeah. Love it, all of it. Lime flavor. The grapefruit flavor is really good. Which the Crystal Geyser one is cheaper. So, oh, look. Yeah. Advice for you all listening out there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's almost, I don't want to say it's almost, it's a little bit more expensive than you buying a soda. But all these things, like your, you know, your fast food, your, your diet, your Coca-Colas, your Nabisco people, right. they're all built for the fact of putting all these things into their food to get people sick. NutraSweet, which is in 
a lot of Coke products or any diet products is very dangerous. It's been... Oh, uh, gives ca- rats cancer. They grow things on yes, their Yes, exactly. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Big, big cancer rats, yeah. It, they're, yeah. It's can't... Yeah. You can catch cancer, basically. You can catch cancer. You know, and so... Yeah, the people who are... Yeah. I think that your diet, though, I think... And it's we're being funny about saying you can catch cancer, but right. diet is what can... I think that the way that we eat... I've always wondered, like... Doesn't it seem like everyone's dying of cancer? Doesn't it seem like everyone's getting cancer? Just this week, I found out two people that I'm acquainted with that they're, they're like, yeah, one of them has stage four bladder cancer and the other oh, has no. stage something about breast cancer. And I was like, this week, what is going on with the cancer? Yeah. I just feel like every. When did this. People didn't die. Did people die of cancer in the 1800s? That's, I mean, I guess No, they, they probably did. died and got it out of the gene pool quicker. Now, what it's an interesting facet is diet is not helping that as well as the fact that uh, people that are, are now living longer and living through cancer are then passing it on. So what we're it's, a, it's sort of a disadvantage of curing these diseases is instead of people uh, – actually, it's, of course it's a good thing. Instead of people right. dying off and not – giving them to children to pass on they are living through them yay and then they're passing them on to their next of kin and then it's going to stay in the gene pool not right. so yay actually sort of not so good and of course on top of that with the diet and the diet thing's interesting too because what we've done is taken advantage of what the body craves as everyone here I'm sure knows like sugar salts and fats what the body is very immediately seeking was found very naturally but in a very small degrees because it also came with all sorts of nutrients I want sugar I don't go get a candy bar I get Berries. I get right. uh, fruits and vegetables. I don't need. I, I'm craving fat. Well, I don't go after a thing with uh, a thing of butter. I go after uh, maybe maybe animal uh, maybe animals and meat or protein or or, or uh, avocados or things that have right. uh, fats in them naturally that come with so much more that gave you and I crave salt. Well, you don't just eat salt or you don't just drink you know something salty and sweet all at once and that's it. You had something that had salt in it, electrolytes in it, and with it came 90% of that item, fruits, vegetables, etc. Were good for you. But now that we've sort of isolated the things we're craving just the salt sugar and fats like make now now we have the thing called a twinkie right uh, you're getting all that you crave and none of what's supposed to come with it was supposed to naturally balance out in nature right and uh. and we teach our children that it's okay to eat this every day it's, every day it isn't like and no one has any interest especially those that are selling it in telling you not to eat it because they're just buying it so why would we want to stop that right and when they sell these single serving it makes me crazy when I see kids with a bag of chips and I'm like that's a two and a half serving bag of chips I know especially if they're like a toddler Right. I see three-year-olds with a big-ass thing. Yeah, like, children, the most formative years. Right. Yeah. I saw a child drinking a fa- orange Fanta, and I walked by the parent, and I was like, "It's not. that's not orange juice. No. <laughs> it's fa- that's, I, I, mean, can, I would even go huge, farther and say the juice is a bigger issue, too. Juice has become sugar. a problem. Juice is, yeah, because it's just sugar, sugar, sugar. So I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of juice over soda. Don't get me wrong, but it's still very much sugar, sugar, sugar. What would yeah. be best is just eat the orange. Eat the orange, because then you get the fiber with the orange. Yep. See, some of these parents need to get hit hit upside the head though too what I have to they're, say they're being lazy for, for the way you raised your kids see this is why we need abortion <laughs> because Preach. parents do and killing your kids slowly that's yeah, what right. you're basically doing which is a form of child abuse it is the fact of the matter is just like you're you're feeding your kid that you know 
something has to tell you that this is not good. I don't care if you don't have a, a high school education. You know that eat, drinking all that Fanta is going to rot well, your fucking teeth. We, we you can think look, so? We can look this up, too. In 1980, I think there was, like, one incidence of childhood diabetes. Like, one or zero. Like, the, childhood diabetes didn't exist. Basically, type 2 child diabetes didn't exist in 1980. And suddenly... You got kids. Ten with years later, right? Nineteen ninety, that it just all of a sudden it existed, and then it went up. Kids with titties, by the way, the name of my high school band. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have your your computer so I fast? Wonder, yeah. I wonder who's in charge of the FDA. Who's going to be taking that job? Oh God. Yeah. Probably the Koch brothers. Ha-ha. Um. If it's like any trend that's been going on, I believe it's someone who's going to be very much against the FDA's whole life. Right. Exactly. Right. So, like, we're looking at some. You can see the ri- the rates. It's just it's a yeah, steep. It's a great radio. We have some graphs steep, for you. Steep inclines in numbers from you know nine, 1980. What does it say? There were. It's like it's a number. Uh, 400,000 cases in 1980, all the way up to now 2010, which is. Uh, but this is ages. A, this is, oh, this is ages 18 to 79. So this is that's adults. That's true. That's true. So this starts with adults. But now that's and that's the thing is that they wouldn't even. I don't even think they had figures. Here's the, we got the little kids Let's one. Try to distill it down to just the children. Yeah. Here. So you've got, you know, in the early 80s, like, no, no kids have it. And then now there's this huge, huge uh, group. And that's the other problem is our kids are getting huge. And we wonder, like, what's, what's going on? And we just haven't, I don't know, we just haven't educated them. That Jamie Oliver guy, he came to the United States and did a little show where he, he asked kids, he showed them pictures and was like, what vegetable is this? They had no idea. San Francisco, I think, is a little different because we're a little more bougie and entitled and we like to be all organic and I'm rolling my eyes because, but it's good, right? Some of it gets a little bit too much. I know some, why you're rolling your like, <laughs> Yeah, but the kids now know, I mean, they eat salads. Wow. Uh, regular high school kids. But I, I think that San Francisco is a different little microcosmic right. area. And I also economically, I that's another thing, I also think that you have to put that economics, we're just, we're, we're, we still have those people, like the lady that gives her kid Fanta on the bus. Right. We still have that, you know. But I think also the fact of the matter is like our surroundings of people that do eat vegetables. We are in the garden garden bowl right basically yeah california's california yeah so if you like salads come to california (laughs) tossed we got got all sorts of different leafy greens out here yeah and now the kale chips i love kale chips i love i make them all the time i make them for kids kids eat them so easy that's just it the potato chips and the kale chips for a kid it doesn't matter they're all salty and good and the the the, the thing is with training if, if the parents know well enough to start the kids off with a certain precedent and have an education behind it to know what to give the kids or not kids aren't going to know any difference they know when something tastes good or not and they also will just follow what the parent is directing so yes if you start introducing if you just start off the, the child's life with kale chips as opposed to potato the child's not going to know any difference he's probably going to create a ch- kale chips right exactly Right. I I also I do feel though like with uh, President Cheeto. I mean, he's not the best example. Speaking of snack food. Exactly, because yeah. he looks like a snack food, right? I really, the Obama administration, 
Michelle Obama would oh, she went was out, great. Yeah, went out with the program for uh, children to stop uh, childhood obesity. Yes. I'm just curious because looking at his, you know, his administration, most of those people don't look that healthy. Right, right. Um, obviously, don't, they don't live a healthy lifestyle because look how they are. Um, it's a safe assessment. Yeah. And it's just like seeing that administration compared to the Obama administration where I'm not going to say the Obama administration was healthy, blah, blah, blah. Blah, but just as observation, I, I feel like uh, President Cheeto has high cholesterol. <laughs> Probably. I he's not the best representation. Like I, he's actually one of the most bigger presidents. Yeah, he's a he's a larger man. Yeah, yeah compared yeah. to I'm thinking about George W. Clinton, uh, W. C- or Bush Senior, Reagan, uh, Carter. None of those guys were fat. Oh. Yeah, we got to go all the way back to Taft. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Damn. Yeah. You're right. Well, and wow. Taft and Taft's administration wasn't even. It was mostly his wife that dealt with everything. I I was reading the secret history, secret lives of first ladies, and I'm just so upset that it came out two years ago, so that only Michelle's in it and not Melania, because I just it seems so funny. I just I want to see what like the sketch drawing of her as a first lady. I think she's the biggest joke of all. Her her campaign's going to be anti-bullying. That's going to be what she talks about. I don't, you know what? I don't even think they're going to give that to her now. They just want that bitch to be gone. She, you know, she's just in the, she, she, she didn't want to be there either. She was like, I don't want to be in the, I don't want to, I want to stay in my house. I don't want to go to the, yeah, to the, the White House. Yeah, the conventional wisdom is that Ivanka is going to be the sort of the number one lady in the White House. His real love of his life. <laughs> it, well, that's his daughter. Yeah. 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 One and the same. That's so, <laughs> that's so weird. Uh, that's, uh, that's what, uh, so we, we on the AltaCast, we have a new, uh, a new news partner. Uh, which is Gnarl. They are a pro-choice group, so they sent me some stuff this week. Uh, And this is uh, a lifetime of Donald Trump, how to fight back against his Supreme Court pick. That happened yesterday that uh, Gorsuch... Was, was he one of the the ones that were on the short list, allegedly? He was, yeah, he was on a short list, and he's been... He's, he's 49 years old. He's the youngest to ever be nominated... At, for the Supreme oh, Court wow, that's justice, a security, uh... and he also really wants to gut Planned Parenthood. Yeah, he's totally against um, Roe v. Wade. Ginsburg, no, please don't die. I know, right? God, yes. Please <laughs> hold on. She's our only hope. Uh, on Medium, Narl pro-choice president Ilse Hoag lays out how Neil, Neil Gorsuch fits with Donald Trump's repeated promises to appoint Supreme Court justices who will overturn Roe v. Wade. She writes that Americans face an important question in light of yesterday's nomination. Will we be able to start digging out from the massive destruction that Donald Trump leaves in his wake in four years? Or will his agenda be enshrined for a lifetime through the highest court in our land? Gorsuch's view... Uh, is consistent with President Trump's governing philosophy, which perpetually looks backward to a time when America was great. Even if this vision of greatness means applying the social contract to the narrowest sets of stakeholders possible, traditionally men, traditionally white, and traditionally wealthy. What this philosophy does not do is incorporate the basic values of the framers, freedom, equality, and the right to self-determination, which, if they couldn't fully imagine the scope of the constituent that their founding document would aspire to protect. Uh, 
A Lifetime of Donald Trump, How to Fight Back Against His Supreme Court Pick. This was written yesterday. President Donald Trump has laid his cards squarely on the table. He's already started to make good on his odious campaign promises, from banning Muslims from entering our country to building a wall on our southern border, to denying women across the world life-saving information regarding their reproductive health care. And that's all just in the first week. Tonight, he announced his nominee for the Supreme Court. With this announcement, we face a question as Americans. Will we be able to start digging out from the massive destruction that Trump leaves in his wake in four years, or will his agenda be enshrined for a lifetime in the highest court in our land? Our grandchildren will judge us on what we um, do to determine the answer to this question. Nothing less than our democracy is at stake, and with it the fate of those who need the promise of the American dream of justice and equality now more than ever. Neil Gorsuch offers none of that promise. In fact, shortly after Justice Scalia's death, he offered the following interpretation of judicial purview. Judges should instead strive if human, humanly and so imperfectly, to apply the law as it is, focusing backward, not forward, and looking to text, structure, and history to decide what reasonable reader at the time of the events in question would have understood the law to be. Ooh. Gorsuch's view is consistent with President Trump's governing philosophy, which perpetually looks backward to a time when America was great, even if this vision of greatness means applying the social contract to the narrowest set of stakeholders possible, traditionally men, traditionally white, and traditionally wealthy. What this philosophy does not do is incorporate the basic values of the framers, freedom, equality, and the right to self-determination, even if they couldn't fully imagine the scope of the constituency that their founding document would aspire to protect. Gorsuch's narrow approach to the law is most evident in his track record on abortion access and reproductive rights. Donald Trump has repeatedly promised to appoint justices who will overturn Roe v. Wade, and we must assume that Neil Gorsuch was chosen for his commitment to unraveling our most basic constitutional rights. His judicial decisions read like a laundry list of every excuse to deny women of their constitutional right to sovereign decision-making and self-determination that is fundamental to the American promise. Well, I mean, I guess if the founding fathers, it was about men, so they probably weren't even thinking about Roe v. Wade back then oh, and no. women's right. All men to, are created equal. Right. They didn't say, well, men. They didn't see, yeah. We didn't, didn't get see. created equal until 1920, and uh, we still ain't equal. Uh, I'm a, whoa, man. Yeah. I'm a person. <laughs> and here's the thing. It, it's This is why I'm glad, you know, I went to the Women's March. Oh, very good. You were here in San Francisco, or did yeah, you go to D.C.? Yeah, here, here in SF. Um, and... I'm glad that that was going on all over the world, but we also really need to get our shit together and write to our senators and, and tell them, this is a choice that we have. You're dictating our bodies. If you as a Republican want small government, this is not what small government is. Right. This is the, reaching this, into all of our lives. Exactly. What, what you as a Republican, or those people are Republicans, um, you 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 use the thing about freedom, but you're taking our personal choice away. Our personal freedom. Our personal I freedom. I have a joke about it, but I can't have a kid. I mean, I can have a kid, but I shouldn't have a kid, and it would be irresponsible for me to have a kid, both fiscally and emotionally, for everyone involved. Oh, yeah. For me, for the kid, for my boyfriend, for our living situation, for San Francisco as a whole, for the happiness <laughs> of all involved. I should not have children for the happiness of my favorite bars and my bartenders. <laughs> Getting in trouble. I, I mean, 
I should not have children. I should be able to have the right that if something happens to me, I mean, thank God I have an IUD. But if I didn't, and I didn't even know about IUDs back in the day, but I mean, I... How could it's this is the thing? How did they even elect him when he said he was going to ro- roll back Roe v. Wade? How is this even possible? How how that's the thing that's making me crazy. How is it even possible that they can roll back human rights and say? I mean, he's a dude. How does he get to Maybe say anything roll, about that means my they can roll body? back the Thirteenth Amendment too. But, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> if we're going to look back, are we going to bring slavery back? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you laugh, but Jesus, it's it's moving so fast and so forward, and or well, I should say backwards, and this so. In this regard, it's a legitimate thought and conversation piece to have. Can How we far have Muslim back slaves? Will be we go? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Can we have some slaves, please? This nationalist trend and this fascist sort of movement that's sort of brewing in the last few years, especially ignited by Trump's inauguration and uh, entering in the White House, has definitely caused for concern, in my oh. humble opinion. Beyond concern. So scary. Yeah. Like I, you know, I say this all the time now. Like I talk about. I used to talk about living through the. W era. I will never talk shit about that era again. (laughs) Absolutely. So my 2004 self that was protesting the Iraq war and Afghanistan, I still like that person, but that person from that time, myself, needs to shut the fuck up. So much much to look forward to. Exactly. Compared to what I'm dealing with right now. This is insane. Really makes you wistful for the days of George W. Oh, I... And I never thought. Who right. thought? <laughs> Who thought? thought? That, that lovable scamp. Oh, yeah. man. Dick Cheney, Carl Rove. Oh, my God. The best thing that happened to his legacy was Trump in office. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> absolutely true. Uh, they made it. The, here's a, Gorsuch's narrow approach. The law is most evident in his track record on abortion access and reproductive rights. Uh, I already read that one. Neil Gorsuch's nomination th- it threatens not only to rob women of our most fundamental rights, but also to rip families apart because of where they were born, to just restrict our personal freedom to marry who we want, regardless of gender, and to criminalize people based on the religion they practice. Our lawmakers have a duty to make sure our next Supreme Court justice will preserve the role of the court as independent check on the runway excesses of our new administration. They have the duty to make sure our next Supreme Court justice will hold dear the importance of protecting the rights of all Americans. They must not confirm someone who will work to rewrite the Constitution to satisfy Donald Trump's agenda. Our Constitution gives us the right to make decisions about our own bodies and lives. It does not give politicians the right to substitute their own ideologies and beliefs for sound medical advice. Our constitution gives us the right to practice our religious faith freely. It does not give a racist regime the right to turn people away because they are Muslim. Our constitution gives us the right to a free and vigilant press. It does not give a wannabe dictator the rights to intimidate the media when they don't give him flattering coverage. The next Supreme Court justice should uphold these truths. We, the people, have to hold our administrative, uh, our representatives' feet to the fire when it comes to defending our rights and the Constitution that supports them. We have to support lawmakers who take action to prevent Trump from using his Supreme Court seat to consolidate his agenda. We have to tell our senators that we refuse to support a Supreme Court justice who is willing to compromise our personal freedoms, whether it's our right to access abortion or to marry the person we love. And we have the 
I mean, marriage, whatever, but I mean, just because it's such a stupid contract anyways, and it's financial, but that's my own thing. I mean, and we have, but everyone, if if you guys want to do it, if you want to make that mistake, go ahead. Everyone has the right to make that mistake to to combine their, their, to combine their finances with another person. You don't have, you don't have to enter that contract just to let you know there's another, anyways, this is not, this is my personal opinion, not this article. And we have to make sure that our leaders know their legacy is at stake when they make decisions about how far to let Trump push the envelope. If we deliver a unified message, we cannot be ignored. We must live out our values through daily acts of resistance. Pick up the phone and speak our minds. Call your senator and let them know that the majority of Americans did not vote for President Trump, and certainly not to use the Supreme Court to rewrite the Constitution. Here's all you need to say to get your message across. Senator. Please know that I support you in this most fundamental role of demanding a Supreme Court nominee who is truly committed to upholding the rights of all Americans and who will serve as a check and balances on this and all administrations. Please do everything in your power to protect the people and assure that bigotry is not enshrined in our land for a lifetime. The next four years will not be easy. President Trump already has the power to institute policies that will change our lives for the worse, but we cannot afford to elevate his dangerous ideology with a lifetime appointment to our nation's highest court. Amen. Wow. You know, the fact of the matter is I do appreciate that people all over the world are paying attention, especially what happened this past weekend with the whole ban. Oh, right. You know, it's so funny. It was just like I was reading um, in Huffington Post today. They were talking to Trump supporters in a small town in West Virginia. And they were talking about, well, I don't understand why so many people are against this. You know, there's some of them are terrorists. This whole thing about, you know, protecting us from these countries. And which, by the way, all those countries that were selected did not have one terrorist act here. And we have not had a wow. terrorist act by any of those countries since 1975. Wow. Oh, by the way, um, the guys that flew the plane on 9-11, they're from Saudi Arabia. And that country's good to go. Yeah, exactly. You know why? A lot of oil, a uh, lot of money. A lot of money. Um, and a Trump Tower or two in there too, right? Yep. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's uh, not- people suspicious at all oh no the thing is people aren't getting some of these people aren't getting the big picture of how we're being conned into this this is a scary thing it's the next four years but the supreme court if he's 49 years old he's going to be on that till he's like 90 forever 50 years the guy's going to be on there for 50 years unless someone gives him the scalia yeah right (laughs) a pillow to the face yeah i said it (laughs) <laughs> it's it's really scary. Now, here's the thing I don't understand. Why didn't Barack Obama get to do that in oh, December? because the Republic... It doesn't make sense to me, though, because... Because so Democrats the, played by the rules. Republicans just, just he's been in finger to them. He's been in office for a week and a half, and he already has his appointment for the Supreme Court justice, where Obama was in for eight years, and he didn't get to do it. I'm so confused. Well, I, I think also, I mean... Uh... Yeah, he should have been allowed to. He should have been allowed through. to in December. He should have. This uh, seat Merrick should have been Garland. filled. Merrick Garland, yes. Merrick Garland was the gentleman who, um, you know, he he's very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, for both sides. Down the middle. Yeah, down the middle. That's fine with me. Uh, I was Could looking be a for judge. the appropriate term, but I'm kind of stoned right now. <laughs> uh, but Wait yeah, I mean, the thing is, you want someone that is down the middle, that is not party affiliated, right? 
you know, that is for the people's best interest, not your personal interest. But we are talking about Cheeto right. here. Here's some things that happened after he um, he announced it last night. Oh there were some oh tweets. Uh, anti-choice extremist group Operation Rescue applauds Trump's nomination of Gorsuch to the U.S. Supreme Court. In a statement, Operation Rescue said, we want to express our thanks to President Trump for nominating a man of such stellar quality as Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court, said Operation Rescue President Troy Newman. One of the reasons I endorsed Trump for president was because of the strong promises he made to pro-life leaders. Now, after less than two weeks in office, he is keeping those promises, and we are very encouraged. He has proved himself to be a man of his word, and we're looking forward to speedy hearings on Judge Gorsuch's nomination and urge the Senate to expedite his confirmation to the U.S. Supreme Court. Why is there a man in charge of that? Well, no, it's it's they're anti-abortion. They're I know, anti-choice. But you, would, you would think at least a woman that was anti that could understand why is this white dude yeah <laughs> like I don't, why why is he the one that well here here's what he says operation rescues president troy newman has argued the biblical duty of a government rightly involves executing convicted murderers including abortionists that is that his goal is entirely to abolish abortion and has blamed abortion for everything from the 9-11 terrorist attacks to aids <laughs> wait hold on sounds reasonable Dude. He's blamed abortion for uh, 9-11 AIDS? and AIDS. AIDS? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Operation Rescue, President of the United States of America, thank you for Neil Gorsuch. You were a man of your word. That's what they tweeted yesterday. Anti-abortion activist Abby Johnson, great Supreme Court justice picks. The SCOTUS is what she wrote. Johnson is the founder of And Then There Were None, an anti-choice group that attempts to convince abortion clinic workers to leave their jobs. She has called anti-choice extremist Troy Newman her friend and has argued against hormonal birth control. Wow. Family Research Council President Tony Perkins tweeted, Judge Gorsuch's record, especially on religious liberty, gives Americans every reason to believe he will make a fine Supreme Court. Oh, yeah, very fine. Justice pick, SCOTUS pick. Students for uh, students for life. Students for Life, President Kirsten Hawkins, we are thrilled with Judge Neil Gorsuch's nomination, called for the Senate to take swift action to confirm in a statement. She wrote, we are thrilled with Judge Neil Gorsuch's nomination to this U.S. Supreme Court by President Trump, who is continuing to fulfill campaign promises at a breakneck speed. A strict constitutionalist and firm supporter of religious freedom and liberties dictated by the founding fathers, Judge Gorsuch is an excellent replacement for the late Justice Scalia and one who has the potential to leave a powerful legacy. The Supreme Court was of great concern to voters this past November, and the Senate should take swift action to confirm Gorsuch to the high court to ensure a full slate of justices. The Senate unanimously uh, confirmed Judge Gorsuch to be the... uh, uh, That's not true, because they haven't unanimously. Anyways... um, She's the president of Students for Life. So these are all just pro-life people saying how happy they are, which is awful. I don't understand women who are so... Uh, you First of all, if you're a pro-lifer, the thing about being a pro-lifer is you never have to have one. You have right. that choice. And that's the problem with I have with a lot of women that are like anti-abortion. You don't have to get one. You have that choice. Right, exactly. That's what we're trying to tell you. You never have to go through this. It's like, 
it's like a, a black person voting for the 13th Amendment. I would love to go back to slavery because th that's kind of what it sounds like, you know. The right. fact that matters is just like, I would like to roll back the hands of time and have it a, a choice of not having an abortion in a safe place. But who does that, that's the thing, who does it help? If, if we take abortion away, who does it help? Who does it help? The fetuses? <laughs> yeah, I'll step in here and say that I, I'm, with, I'm on everyone's side here who's talking, but I will point out that there is an argument to be made that they say that life begins at the cellular reproduction level, and therefore you are murdering someone the same as you would be murdering a 40-year-old. But So from their point of view, it's not a women's rights thing. It's a saving a life no matter what thing, which is why it's so difficult to talk to. See, so let's ask them about the, how they feel about the death penalty. Yeah, see, I think, you, I think you're right, and I think a lot of them would turn around and say that is someone who has earned their death versus a fetus who has not had a choice in the matter. Except that we... Playing this other side so of it, if I can. Right. We as people are a collection of our experiences through our this magical brain. Even babies, like, you know, they're not like... They're like marsupials. They're not like people yet. They're like, wow, wow, wow. I can't take care of themselves. <laughs> if you took, Flippy. they're not. If you took a baby and you 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 have to take care of a baby, you can't just you know put it in a drawer. It can't feed itself. It can't do anything. Babies can't do anything. <laughs> and so if you're not prepared to be able to take care of that. Why? I see. I don't agree with the cells thing. Like I don't. I don't. I agree don't. With that. I don't. Agree. I, the the fact of the matter is, I think a lot of people again are misinformed of like when life begins as well. Because some people think that women are able to get abortions at nine months. Yeah. No. 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 You cannot get a. You cannot get an abortion at nine months. I mean, if your child had severe spinal bifida or something, and that, it was well, a medical abortion, because they're gonna. Yeah. The baby's gonna die anyways. But, yeah. But what I'm saying is, you just. Saying, oh, by the way, I don't want to have this kid, and it's like the eighth or ninth month. Yeah, that Legally, happen. you cannot do that. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and I would, I'm not for that either. The child, by that point, the child's already developed. It has a has a has a little brain, it has a little heart. Exactly. Has a that is the difference between three three weeks, eight weeks. I mean, I feel like on. if it can't live on its own and breathe through its own lungs, that it's not really alive. It's yeah. By the eighth month, no, of course you're not going to have an abortion by the eighth. That's and I've heard people say this, but it's so crazy. But if they're so moral, how come it's it, a baby? It, it baby's an abortion, but we eat other animals' babies like all the time. Oh, that one's easiest because God smiled upon man and gave him the right to be the superior <laughs> being of all of planet Earth, and we have a soul. They don't. It's the hubris of man. They're yeah. just silly little playthings. That's a, that's so crazy to me though, because I feel like my cat has such a soul. I, I really feel like Spike is no, a I'm sentient sorry. being. <laughs> He's what? Are, the cat? My dog. We has tried to fit one in there, but it's just too big. It's only human size. It's only human size. <laughs> I had this other crazy theory that um uh. The reason that autism has become so prevalent, uh, this is from like a, a, a religious background thing. So I feel like the the, way, the reason autism has, be, autism has become so prevalent is that um, we've been destroying as the energy cannot be created or destroyed. So there's a certain amount of life energy that exists in the world that that God has been putting into different bodies. And I feel like as we've been murdering, you know, like large whales in the sea, their souls have to go somewhere. So I think that's where sort of autism has come from. Their, 
they're actually the extinct form of whales. Or wow. like there were strange, there's like some strange bonobo monkeys or whatever that were exterminated in, in India or whatever. And I feel like maybe those are all the they're new. They're spiritually coming back into our pool. They're spiritually coming back into our pool. And that's I, why we have such a research. That's, that's why there's so many. I feel like uh, I feel like that one's still a better uh, alternative than Jim Carrey pushing the vaccination uh, reason. I feel like I'm still uh-huh. more on board with yours than his. Oh, he says that vaccinations are the reason for autism. Yeah, he and Jenny McCarthy Jenny and a lot McCar- of yeah. people believe that the vaccination things, even though the reports on those years ago were shown to be disproven and biased by money. They're they're scientists. Well, but we. But here's the thing. I mean, honestly. Bringing, yeah. bringing back another plague like polio to kill a bunch of people isn't a terrible idea. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's we're really, not All that right, the world is being, so far. Keep going. not that the world is necessarily being overpopulated, but kind of it is. It's, I think we're being overpopulated with more, you know, American entitlement issues and what's really going to stop, like we've solved AIDS. Dang it. <laughs> Although, you know, it's like we, we, we need another epidemic. We need the plague. Don't say that. We oh. need two million Don't people to die. That. Like a clean house, right? Just, we uh, need just to tidy up a baby. It's like uh, Marie Kondo's The Magic of Tidying Up, except it's for people. Except just, it's uh, for people. Just, yeah. I don't want another epidemic. Some crazy, like some... Like some crazy, like it's gonna wipe out a lot. The rats are gonna bring a new plague. Sorry, I oh bet you. Wanna, I bet you're a clutter klutz, aren't no. you? Is that is your closet kind of disorganized? That's scary, yo. That is like not wanting an epidemic. You must be disorganized. I do not want a fucking epidemic warfare germ house. warfare. That is well, fucking oh and scary as fuck. Of well, course, like some... of course. Well, you know, you should talk to is China and India. They're the ones yeah. cr- cranking out kids left and left and right and right. Right. <laughs> Well, and they're starting to have entitlement issues as well in that they want cars, they want their own burgeoning middle class, but there's so many of them. We're like, you can't be middle class like us. You can't. They want all of our weird products that they're making. And we're, we just, I really think the answer is, is Americans feeling entitled to less. And, and the problem is that the children that we've been making feel entitled to more. more and we're not teaching them you know it's like they don't know how to make a pie what's a pie but they know how to eat individual like mcdonald's pies it, it just <laughs> we're not we're not giving them the skills how many kids do you know that can actually cook an egg the way they like it you know, know like how many adults do you know that know how to cook an egg the way they like it <laughs> i know we hear or, the laughter because it's real the egg that they want they don't know what it is they're like, what's a poached egg? Yeah. Or like, when I, I work sometimes brunch, so it's so funny to me when people say, oh, I want my egg fried. So I'm like, okay. So I go through, do you want it over easy, over hard, over medium, scrambled hard, scrambled? Because that means fried is very vague. Right. So I want a fried obviously egg. Obviously, you don't cook. That's, right, right, right. So I'm right. like, you don't, bitch, you don't cook, do you? Yeah. That's one of those moments where I'm just like, you should know, this is basic eggs. This is, yeah. And I don't even like eggs. Shit. I feel like every every child should know a couple things. Uh, they should know how to cook an egg. Uh, they should know how to boil water uh, to make a hard-boiled egg or to make something. They should know like how to safely deal with heat and protein. I'm so sad. I guess they can look it up on their iPhone. Uh, yeah, is there a YouTube video that talks about it, these eggs you, these you're eggs, talking about? Yeah, these crazy <laughs> eggs. Uh, so there's there's our news. Our news actually took a long time today. We talked for a long time. So uh, that's great. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. It is Wednesday the 1st of 2017, and I have the fear. I am so afraid. Um, 
All right, uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look up a little music so that we can take a little break because that sounds like a fun time. Uh, maybe we'll smoke a little and uh, figure out what's going on with the world out there. Let's see some music. You know what we'll listen to? Uh, my favorite band, local metal band. They played the last. Not yeah, last Tuesday they played at. Um, the knockout, and we had a great. Oh, you got to see them live. I got to see them live. Oh, this They're is great. great. Uh, I put in. Oh, it said, it said floating band. I said floating goat. You, you dorks. Okay. Floating goat. They're a great band. Uh, drummer comedian Aaron Barrett is uh, one of them. Oh, I, I like this Spawn of Poseidon. Let's see. Let's listen to some Spawn of Poseidon. This just came out, and uh, I. It, you know what's exciting is it already has. It has a. Um, an ad on it. That's exciting. Yeah, like you can that see some. That means that they're 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 a big deal. They've got a Starbucks ad on the on the front of their. Uh, they are somebody. So here is some of my favorite band. This is. Where to go?
Um, so- All right, we're back on the AltaCast. That was Floating Goat. They're my buddies. Their new album just came out. It's a double LP. It was just pressed. Super, super great. Um, love those guys. So we were just in here. We were eating some Pringles. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect for radio to be munching Perfect on for the radio to be mu- Yeah, delicious Pringles. Give, we'll give them a shout out because they're so freaking delicious. Do you buy Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop. You can't stop. No, can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, but Kaysen flies a lot for work. And I asked him, oh, well, you know, with your flyer miles, where do you go? What do you... You know, how much vacation time do you get? And then he said... I have... Um, the startup I worked for before uh, had an unlimited vacation policy, which means that you get to decide how often and when often your vacation uh, falls into place. That is insane. What? Do they, it's paid vacation, though? Paid vacation. They... If you're hourly, it's not, but, like, I was on salary, so I just had the option to just let my boss know I'm going to be out of town for next week or I'm going to be out of town this and then, whatever, and it was uh, paid vacation time. Unlimited. In other words, just get your shit done. Right. Leave this deadline and then go play. You'll be re- in, uh, you know, you'll have your mojo back to come back work and what have you. Yeah, the first idea you have is, well, aren't you just going to take the whole year off? And it turns <laughs> out, no. What employees will do is now, given the benefit of being able to be treated like an adult and that let you decide what you think is right for you, um, what they found is not only do people just know when uh, to give themselves vacation and also know when to be in, be in town for meetings and be present for stuff going on in the business, that you know you can be an adult, you can figure out when it's good to be out and when it's good to probably be in the office. Um, they actually end up taking a little bit less vacation than the average bear, if you believe that. Wow. Because yeah, American culture and mindset kind of feeds into this, uh, wherein we all want to work way more than we should. So it ends up being wow. a good thing for the company and also gives the freedom for the employee. And so it's a win-win from both sides. Wow. That's called, that's how the real world should be. Isn't it, right? Yeah. So, and I say the previous company I work for because uh, right now what I do is I work for a sort of uh, as a consultant from home. And so it's another tech company I, I employ from. But since I work out of my own home, I have the flexibility uh, to get work done as I want to. So it's almost the same situation. Wow. I mean, tech is funny, man. I I do whatever I want whenever I want to do it with my life. Hell yeah, pretty much. But that's because I'm an artist and I'm poor. <laughs> it's like it's on the other. I like I'm beholden to no one because I have, because I have no money. Yeah. See, um, this is why I don't work in corporate because I went back to the service industry because I like my freedom ah, and yeah. I don't like it when people can tell me when I can leave and when I can't leave. Right. Yeah. So I went back to serving bartending because I'm like, no, because it gives me time to do what I want to do along with vacation. Yeah, you can focus on yourself. Yeah. Right. Get your but, goals. But I don't get them paid off, so that's the part that's the downfall. <laughs> right. There's but, a middle ground we need to find on that one, isn't it? Right. There? Money and freedom. Exactly. And, I, you're, dude... If you are an adult, you should know. If you want to keep this job, too, yeah, you would expect someone to be like, oh, my God, I have this option to, like, have freedom or work, but I'm going to work my ass off yeah. so I can take advantage of this freedom and not lose this job. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will work my ass off to keep it. That's how you get great employees. That's right. You give mutual respect, and ideally, it's supposed to work just like that. Yeah, you're so, so stoked about having such a sweet job with maybe some lunch here thrown in or some free food, plus I'm on vacation. Well, I don't want to lose this job. I'm going to work my ass off to at least keep uh, things above board. Right. It's exactly. But, no. 
it doesn't work like that in most not, places. Unfortunately, not all. Yeah, this is not a widespread phenomenon. Ideally, it would keep growing and becoming one, but right now it's, uh, yeah. it's a very slow process. And slow moving. Can we, I mean, can I ask, what do you, what do you do? Is, are you allowed to say that? Are you like, are you like a government operative? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like as if it's that old thing. If you ask a cop if he's a cop, he has to say yes. Yeah, exactly. If you ask a government operative if he's a government operative, he has to technically say yes. <laughs> no, I am not a government operative. Although if I was, I would. Uh, I'd probably wear uh, ter- more uh, shittier suits. I think. Like, isn't that what comes with an FBI? If you ever seen FBI agents, no, the they shit brown suit. The, the money is in law. It's not in the government suits. Uh, that's for sure. Or money's in medicine, not in the government suits that you wear. Anyway, yes, no, I'm a, I'm a tech guy. I'm a operations um, uh, specialist. In other words, that means I help uh, turn a lot of things that are done manually into software. The engineers make the software. The CEO runs the company. The finance guys make sure the money's in order. And I tell people. Uh, what the customers want, and then I have them build software from it. I'm kind of like a, someone who knows how code is written, but I don't write it myself because I didn't go to Stanford and get a master's degree in computer science. But I'm, uh, I'm nerdy enough that I can speak it and enjoy it and tell engineers wow. what to do. Wow. Among other things. You tell engineers what to do. I ask them nicely, uh, to, yeah. be, to be fair. And, and you build and you build software. Yeah, so I I, I can I don't things mind talking. I worked computer things. Worked in the past <laughs> at, at Yelp, uh, helping nice. build out the product. Um, I uh, I wasn't on the product team, but I was uh, that was one of my first jobs. I was like low on the ladder as an operations associate, and then uh, from there I also worked at uh, uh, Magic. I founded my own company, which failed. Ma- Magic the Gathering. Oh, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? That's yeah. the much more popular and well-known Magic. This Magic was. <laughs> The text message service that if you oh. ask them to get something done, they'll do it any way possible, and they never say no. They're like a butler. Like Postmates oh, wow. or TaskRabbit, but just text message. What? Yeah. That's an interesting concept, the new slavery. Yeah. So you type in, <laughs> you type in, you go. Text this number. You text this random number, and you're like, I need a Starbucks lap of fap poo poo Yep. And they, it delivers, suddenly it's at your door. They'll say, yes, this will cost $9 plus a $4 delivery. Do you accept the charges? It'll yes, be there I within do. an hour. It's uh, like a genie in a phone. But that's a lot of money for a Starbucks. It's a, But the upcharge was crazy. Yeah, the upcharge, uh, they were fluctuating it when I left the company with like 10% or 30% upcharge. And uh, there more money is made if you like ordering like nine laptops for an office versus a latte. But you oh. do, they do both. They did both. When I was there, they would do anything. They would do anything, and the money is made on the big items. But yes, they do anything. Wow. I don't know. So if you have enough money, it wouldn't matter anyways. You just want the thing. Yeah, because you can do things like I want to set me up with a meeting with Jennifer Aniston, which would cost you know tons of money, or or make (laughs) get me a bunch of party for thirty people, help me set up my Super Bowl party, or remind me to wake up tomorrow. You could do those. That's what it would do. Anything. Anything. How much would it cost to have? What, 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 you gonna have someone wake you up in the morning? You get an alarm. There's no alarm on your phone. You've got a smartphone and you don't I would, have an yeah, alarm. Yeah, they probably, probably give you a call, like a hotel service, right? But you're right. Everyone has an alarm on their phone, so that's not really How a popular much, item. I would ask it to call me some hookers. Yeah, we've it, had requests that? like that too. Dude, I would totally do. We just, definitely have requests like that coming so through. So you're the guy that takes that idea and you're like, okay, so there's this cert. We've got to build something that goes to people's phones so that it alerts all of them in this area. Yeah, at the last company I was at, they 
dealt with cars and that, and so my job was to say, okay, we have to deal with a lot of people's insurance, our customers' insurance uh, documents, and how to keep track of when the insurance is canceled or if they didn't pay their bill. How do we let the customers know and keep track of this? So then I organized, I helped organize a team in India that uh, that had a routine sort of schedule. We built a program that lets them keep track of all the documents, sort through them on the computer instead of having to look through them manually all the time, and uh, and alert us whenever there was a document problem, like if someone didn't pay their bill or insurance was out of date or incorrect. And so I, I helped to build software uh, around a task that normally would have just been sorting through tons and tons of papers. Wow. And so you're you're the enemy. When the solar <laughs> flare... When, well, no, it's just the, the enemy. enemy. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, when, I make fun of the, when I make fun of the millennials that have the jobs that make a lot of oh, money... Oh, I'm so totally the enemy, when, yes. I, I make fun of the millennials that have the jobs that make a ton of money, but they don't actually make anything. No. So, like, and it's funny because you're valued. Your work is valued so highly, and you don't actually produce... Anything. No, the moment my computer dies, my work is has not doesn't exist anymore. Right. Right. So ah. like, so like, it's it. Th- this is the this is the Marxist thing that makes me crazy is that it's the value that the the system that we currently live in puts on your labor and your labor of non-creation is monetarily valued at an exponential rate to say something real like I make. A marijuana treat that's treats that are delicious <laughs> and, and they're real and I make them from sugar and weed. butter and weed and I make my own butter from butter and weed and I have a process it takes many many hours hours and hours cannot, hours cannot email me some weed butter that's for sure that's cannot, real it's a real product right and I make it and then when I when I exchange them for other goods and services at it you know they usually don't stack up or things like you know I always use the mom example even though I'm not a mom but when I when I nanny right I get paid 20 bucks an hour to hang out with someone else's most precious gem right and that's fine because they're just kids and kids are easy especially (laughs) if they're alone but um I didn't mean it like that I'm a really good nanny but that's the thing is that it's only $20 an hour and but and it's a real it's a real labor it's actual I'm actually spending time with the child I'm actually like spending time with them keeping them safe molding their brains it's a real product like I'm building a happy child but it's still these skills and labors somehow aren't and person could dig a ditch and my mom used to tell me when I was little she'd say when say? I when I didn't want to study she'd be like well the world needs ditch diggers too Pam and it's such a terrible thing to say because it devalues that person's actual labor when we build a building it doesn't just appear you have to have electricians that know the wiring that are doing that thing that have that knowledge the well, and not just, well, the architect draws it out, but the, the electricians are actually doing the work. The guys that are yeah. pouring the concrete, like, that's, that's labor. That's real. You need the janitor to, like, vacuum that shit, yo. You, well, to keep <laughs> things, yes, there's, there is actual labor that exists. And for some reason, we entitle, we have an entitlement thing about labor. Oh, we always have had that. Just like, you know, in my industry, bartenders just started recently getting respect. Right. Because a lot of us 
uh, who are professionals who have college degrees either did not like our profession anymore right. was stressed out or the fact we couldn't find a job in our profession that would pay right. the same amount as us being in the service industry right for like three nights a week yeah exactly my buddy at DCAB he works at uh, Doc's Clock and he only has to work three days a week so he that, that he money. can because yeah because he makes so much money that and the other four days he gets to, to be in a band the fact that oh wow you know bartenders actually do make money you know ha 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 yeah it's yeah. like yeah it's just it, it's yeah the whole cl- professionalism I guess you can say if that's such a word uh, it is it, there is a hierarchy to it but, but service is, is labor too and it's real labor because you're doing something and you're making something happen like cooking food like serving the food being a bartender like prostituting and I don't have a problem oh, with prostitution I at, have a problem all. I, at all. I do have a problem with the way in which there's, there's the, a lot of. I, I know <laughs> nothing of this, so just feel free to tell me I'm wrong. But that, because the way the laws are set up, it's become it can become a dangerous avenue for many people. But it's also a freedom, right, for women to or men to enjoy. So I'm not against it. Oh well, you're talking more like the sex trafficking stuff. That's yeah, pretty scary. But yeah, and but otherwise, that, yeah, I'm for it. I'm yeah, and, but I mean, yeah, that that issue is, you know, that's pretty sad. Yeah. Because there are everyday women who are forced into that, and there there's a really big. San Francisco and the Bay Area entirely has a big sex trafficking problem. Yeah. Um, so, but if we were to do hoeing the legal way. <laughs> Regulated, perhaps. Regulated, even. like yeah. they and do give them in a union. New Orleans and like in, in Vegas. Yes. With the whole there's a whole system. Funny Ranch. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm all for that. But there, then there's that hierarchy, which I think hoeing is a great hierarchy to be on. I've never been one, but I'm just fascinated by it. I am. I I'm absolutely fascinated by it too. And that how <laughs> women. We're but all women very have, fascinated by but it. The thing is that women don't even have control over their own body in that sense because they've got a pimp. Where's the pimp coming from? But if we're talking, <laughs> also the devaluing, and we, we're prostitutes for our jobs, period. So right. this is where the hoeing comes in the factor of like everybody's a hoe. Right. You always got to suck somebody's dick, not literally, to get to a place that you want yeah. to be that successful person. You have to do some things and that get you to a point of like I'm proud to be here but I'm still having to prostitute myself to climb to this yes. certain point. There's an exchange of goods maybe your time, maybe your energy, maybe kissing ass, maybe exactly. doing things you don't want in to really every earn. profession. Every profession. Yeah, every everything. Profession. Well, in everything. If you want to find success in every profession, it seems to be that's yeah. Right. So everyone's that. a hoe. That's you my hoe. You have to eat crow at some point. I have that on a bumper sticker yep. think, somewhere. <laughs> well, at, Life mantra. I actually I have I have absolutely no problem with prostitution and I feel like women should be able to you marriage is prostitution duh <laughs> it's just in a strange contract situation yeah it's that's legalized ownership is. it's legalized ownership yeah that's what a job is you're that's signing, what a job is that's yeah. what a job is you have to sign a contract right yeah legalized ownership yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean it all goes full circle you're signing a contract to we basically own you in some aspect of a way right you know indentured servitude right and in de- you know why indentured servitude was called that this is really funny because they folded a piece of paper in half <laughs> there was a indent they indented the paper and then they ripped it in half and one half went to the owner and one half went to the servant i didn't know that and so it was indented it was the indentured 
that's where they came up with that. And in the beginning, they didn't. They called everybody slaves, mm-hmm. and then they had other ones that were called indentured. Indentured impl- implying the that Irish. there's a contract, right? That there's a contract that you can get out of. And you have legal rights as a, a- after as a you fulfill your contract. And so the original people who were black in the United States in like 1618 and all that stuff, they a lot of them were it sucked for them later because they were freed people who were everything was on the up and up. They were. They fulfilled their indentured servitude and they could have done whatever. And then all of a sudden the slave trade came in and that became this huge thing for, um, for monetarily in America. And then all those people that had originally come here as immigrants themselves, just like the Irish the got a little taste of their indentured servitude in the late 1800s. Right. Tar yeah. Tar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they know how to dance a jig. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I'm I'm reading this crazy history book right now, and so I'm learning all these weird little bizarre facts about just terrible things that we've there was a one thing they said they were like, well, you know, and they how did they deal with the Indians, you know? Well, one of them, one account, and there's this quote and it's like in that weird old English, like dog is spelled with a D on the on the an E on the end, D O G E, you know, but they're saying dog. They said, Well they put they put her in the town square and had her ripped to death by rabid dogs. And that's how they dispatched of the Indian woman. Like, this oh. is just, they just, wow. like, would... There's barbaric. Totally barbaric. We were... Americans are just are terrible people. So our entitlement... I'm, the reason I'm reading this book is it's about American as a language and, like, where all of our words come from etymologically and how many we stole from the Indians. Like, if we couldn't say a word, we'd just ask the Indians, like, what's the word? And they'd be like, raccoon. And you'd be like, oh! Okay, cool. It was actually like raccoon, and they're like raccoon. Great, Spot on. Like, perfect pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, it's like from the earthquake. Well, it was this long and impossible. That's say that one more time. Yeah, it's Please like repeat raccoon. It for <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah. So I can look it up. It's in the book. But there was even Squant. We called him Squanto, but really his name was like to Squantum. T S Q U A N. Jonathan Steinberg. Oh no, that's not. Anyway. And then when John Smith first encountered the um, the Indians, he used his first idea was to shield himself by his interpreter, his Indian interpreter. He stuck him in front of him. That just tells you like what what kind of people we white people came from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And they're still doing it to my people too. But yeah, just get in front of me. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I'm I'm scared. So you, you actually have to go to work. You actually have to go to work now. You're gonna get on a plane right now. Uh, I'm trying to decide because if I if I. Uh... Well, yeah, I'm looking at traffic. You have to scoot. Do you do you scoot oh all the God, way I'd to love the? To scoot, I would scoot yes. all the way to the airport if I could. But the scoots don't let you. They don't let you take them out of the city proper. Oh, can you go on the freeway with one of those? Uh, no. I would. I would not. They don't have enough horsepower. Yeah. I believe. That was wow. bad. I, unless you're trying to kill yourself. Are you? Are you? You feel comfortable on that thing in the city? You're not scared. Yes. Uh, it's not as safe as a car, admittedly, but I don't go very fast because you're not going very fast in the city. If you watch out for bumps and don't get slucked in the rain and slip and slide, I think you're fine. I've had no problems. I've only crashed once, and it was because I was going over. It's actually because I was going over a, uh, uh, you know, on the parking lots, they have those bumps that slide yeah, down. Yeah. I saw, I went over one, it was at night, I didn't see it, and it rained, so <gasps> it's... It was slickery and they had a slant, and so I got over and I whoop the bike slipped out from under me Damn to the it. side and I went into a ditch. Are you were you you're, you're okay? You had your helmet on. I had my helmet on, scraped up my hands and knees, but otherwise walked away just fine. Uh, I was only going a few miles an hour, so oh no, that wasn't even you know that's like kind of the dangerous stuff you run into. But no, by and large, this scoot is a wonderful thing. It keeps a lot of roads off, cars off the road, uh, helps with pollution because they're all electric. Right, and you can you can drive one if you've had a DUI. <laughs> 
because you don't need a license. This is a this is thank a weird, you. Thank you for highlighting the important side of this. They 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 wanted to beta test on me years ago in the city. I I got a DUI in 2007, and uh, I was in the city from late 2007 on but it was 2009 and they were beta testing it in the city wow they've been around for a while then and they called me up and they said we have this new product we're testing it we want to see what's going on it's called the scoot we're going to let you use it for free you pick it up at these places you can drive it around we teach you how to do it and I said well I I had a DUI and they said that's why we're calling you Uh, they're like uh, you can you can have a DUI what do you want a list somewhere they found you they found me they must have found me on a list yeah from my classes my DUI classes or something and so but I said you know what I, I'm not responsible enough to drive even a scooter I, I was like I and at the time in 2009 like I was drinking I drank a lot okay so well you're honest then yeah, yeah I was like for you I, I just said there's no I mean I was in graduate school I was drinking a lot I was taking public transportation to San Francisco State I didn't need to there just didn't there was no reason for me to take a scoot and I was, you know, I'm, af- I'm afraid of going fast and not having a car around me, and I'm afraid of cars anyways, and I don't think I'm responsible enough to operate a motor vehicle. All of these things just made me go, this just doesn't sound like it's for me. Yeah, my brazen ass goes through, like, splits lanes and cars on roads. Like, oh, that's, my God. I'm sure I'm going to be knocked to the side one of these days, and I'll learn some uh, learn some manners when it comes to the road. But I try, no, I try to keep etiquette, I try to keep uh, safe on the road as best I can. But I'll do things like split lanes and stuff, and I know that's not that safe. Well, anybody could open their car door, or they could swerve. Waiting for that. That to happen, yeah. Smush you into another one. car. Oh, the car door thing is the scary one. That's happened to me on a bike. So. Oh, really? Yeah. That's why yeah. I won't even ride a bike. Bikes are too fast for me. Flip it over. I flipped over like I was a gymnast. Oh my God. That yeah. is, I can imagine you cartwheeling through that the was air. In Chicago. There's nothing scarier. That, That's a bike I, town too. Yeah, I, I used bikes. to ride a bike like all the time, and then I started having a phobia because of that accident. Yeah. yeah. And then a lot of my pe- my people, my friends, were getting hit by vehicles. So I mean, I've always. I've been fascinated by the scoots, but I just, I, I, I know me sometimes. <laughs> I get comfortable and I'm like, yeah, I would be that person that would get comfortable and start splitting lanes. Yeah. And I'm like, that's stupid. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> I just, it, a bike's too fast. A skateboard's too fast. I walk or I take the bus. I just, it's too, and even when I'm driving around in my boyfriend's car as a passenger, like I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid of being on the bridge. I'm so afraid of other cars. He hates it. I make these noises. I'm like, <gasps> you don't like living life in the fast lane. I just, I'm afraid of dying in a car. Yeah. This is the thing. Cars is the, are terribly unsafe, really. Human yeah. person. And, and again, we're such the hubris of man that we think we're so fucking smart. There's so much going on. There's so much higher order thinking happening when you're driving a car that I don't think that people just don't even think about it. We let 16 year olds do it and we're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like you've got mirrors. You're looking at things first through the front. It's not that you're just looking through, you're looking through a glass that's at an angle so there can be weird light variations. There's also, you can't see completely in front of it because there's a hood in front of it. So you've got yourself between the glass and the hood and the front. Okay, so then you've got to think about that distance, but you're doing it all instantly. And then you've got the turn signals and the lights. (laughs) And can you see? Can you see because of the lights? But then there's those bars on the side. And now you've got mirrors. And each of your mirrors you're looking at shows distances at a different distance, right? This might be closer than they appear. This one might be farther away. This is doing... Th- and then if someone in the back seat's looking at you through the mirror trying to talk to you, that's <laughs> insane. How... They're looking at you've you. Got, you've got... Well, they, they've but, got... But, there's but so much going Aram, on. behind you. the problem. Uh. That's not even the scary part. The part is when you're supposed to be paying attention to all those things, people are texting. Right. Yes. So... So many... 
textings. Forget about on. the drunk driving stuff, which was right. an issue. Right. Driving and texting and walking and texting, by the way, bad thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I also know that to be true. Yeah. You, you can trip on anything. Exactly. Run into people or all the time. Run into people all the time and step in shit. But the fact of the matter is just like you're supposed to. That already right there is like scary enough to. I better pay attention to all these things. My yeah. surroundings. That's right. basically what you're supposed to be doing when sure. you're driving. But now people have televisions in the car. Right. And they're texting or And they're know, yelling at their kids and they're talking about you know the yeah, guy the they fucked at work just, or whatever. That's always going to but happen. But they're they're thinking. They're not even thinking about driving. If you're talking on the phone, you're thinking about something completely different. Yeah. But the the whole thing is not watching, not right. looking. Right. Your, your eyes. That's why they say keep your eyes on the road. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. That is why. Um, but the fact of the matter is just like when you are texting or you're, you're looking for something on your phone, you need to pay attention just like I need to pay attention when I'm crossing the fucking street right. and not trying to like be on my phone. Right. Stupid, stupid. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. done that. I'm one of those. <laughs> I is. think the whole thing that boils down to is like not paying attention. Right. And, you know, I've always been afraid of cars. Oh, but not paying attention at 65 miles an hour. Can we, can we, we forgot that you're also <laughs> oh, hurtling yeah, through that. space at 65 miles an hour. Just that part. Hurtling through space at rapid rapid speeds texting and thinking about the mirrors and the people and they're all there and people are switching lanes and you're on a bridge and the sun scary sun the oh, sun you can't see, see. The at the time when you go up the thing at certain time and they can't see the bridge can't see the cars and you're like i'm blind i'm blind but everyone's still driving <laughs> how is that and then there's hills there's hills you and then there's with the bridge thing i've always had these reoccurring dreams of driving off a bridge so that so just scary. scares me all of it i just i don't understand how we as a people just have this gross faith in architecture. We're like, well, this is the way it is. Everybody drives cars. There we go. Look, huge skyscrapers. That just happens and is a thing. Bridges, of course. I think we just came full circle with everything that we just talked about <laughs> during this whole entire segment, by well the way, done. of how nobody pays attention. <laughs> no one's paying, listening. No one's, no one's is that how 45 was elected? Is because people she weren't knows. really paying attention? You weren't paying attention and you weren't listening. You're just seeing when when you when you're driving driving you have to do both, right? right? You have to listen, you have to see what's going on, you know, observe and listen. The thing is people weren't doing that this whole time people don't do those two things it's yeah. why people don't know how to drive anymore yeah. something yeah. basically simple that as humans we've learned to do we you know i disagree it's not simple it's a difficult difficult Obviously task and sim- we simplify it and it well, go 16 year olds can no, do it but i think it, it was simple at a point in time but we made it difficult by putting all these things that we don't need in order to pay attention and observe what's going on around us. Well, and cars are the main thing <laughs> that brought us the freedom. That's cars and being American are something that are like synonymous oh, yeah. with one another exactly. because we're rich, so we all get a car, and cars represent this ability to at freedom. any time, yeah, to be free to freedom go wherever to you want to go. Yeah. House, right. uh, yeah, cars. To get wherever you need to go. Unless and you have a passport, but you can't go nowhere. Because of the ban, yeah. good job. Oh, <laughs> no, no travel. No, yeah. it's so scary. Yeah, what are you going to use your miles for? So if you could go anywhere <laughs> in the world, Kason, even something that was 
now yeah. elite that we can't visit. Where would you want to go? Well, I am. Uh, I've never, uh, this is so sad. I've never been to Europe before, so I'm going to Europe oh. and Paris, London, Berlin in a couple of weeks. So that to oh, that's question, really exciting. Is that something that I'm actually going to be able to follow through on? I'll, awesome. I would nice. go to Paris. Dude, <laughs> are you going to go to the UK? UK is dope. See, there Am- you go. Amsterdam. You're going to hit Holland up at all? I'd like to try to hit Amsterdam. If we have time, yeah, Holland is cool. another. Uh, yeah, Amsterdam is on our uh, on our radar if we have the time. And we're going to really try to go. Four or five days in in London, Paris, and Berlin. So one of those days we can maybe spend it there. It'd be great. There's a train, um, actually. That's it's not long from uh, Amsterdam from Germany. Uh, It's an it's an awesome train. Uh, Yeah. I think it takes you maybe about three or four hours. Okay. Um, And it's uh, the train you can catch um, in Amsterdam in the center of the city where everything is. Oh, very good. Awesome. The trick just to catch the early one and take a day out to Amsterdam, or you spend the night, or you just absolutely. Amsterdam's the best. Do twenty four hours. Yeah. When when I went to from Amsterdam to Belgium on the train and it was like a two hour ride and it was great uh, we got off the you know we are getting out of the train station and the Hogarten lady just gave us two beers apiece. she just <laughs> yeah. they just it was like welcome to Brussels welcome. here's two <laughs> beers time to get loaded That's yeah awesome. and it was like I was like we're gonna double fist she's like yeah did you want for later or whatever you want yeah. it's like wow this is a cool country <laughs> I know right she just gave me beer yeah I walked <laughs> and it, their beer was so cheap there in uh. Belgium it was insane and it was all good and they all had their own individual glasses and all we did was just drink really great beer and it wasn't it was we We'd drink for like four hours and the bill would come and it would be like 30 euros. And this was when, in 2002, the, um, the American dollar was higher, higher. than the euro. Uh, yeah. I think, it, is it back that way again? I think it is as well. I think it's like the 0.8 to 1. I can check oh, for a second. Oh, yeah. No, that's, I mean, because that makes it like a dollar twenty. Every every euro is actually a dollar twenty. It was expensive. Oh, dollar eight. That's, it's so close okay, right it's now. It's close. Yeah. yeah it's close. It was expensive when I went to, wow, it's close. It's, it was better than the time when I went in 2011. How was it uh, then? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was like 150, 150 for a while. Yeah. Because our dollar was, was lower than the pound. Right. So that trip was pricey. But yeah. all I did was drink beer at these pubs and know what a real cider is. I'm a beer junkie. So uh, same here. I, okay. I, 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 yeah. I work at an ale house. So oh, really? Yeah. I, I love beer. Um, so, like, I got to... I, I went on my beer tour basically. Yeah, yeah. And so just had cast conditioned and had real ciders that are made from apples, not that fucking sweet shit that. Yeah, what do we what so, do we have like uh, apple yeah. concentrate? Angry orchard bullshit. Oh, wow. yeah, angry orchard yeah. woodchuck is another one. Well, do we are there aren't those malt liquors? Yeah, cider is ciders are not malt liquors. No, ciders aren't malt liquors, no. but I feel like that woodchuck cider is malt liquor. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, okay. No. But Seagram's. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember those things? Yes. Those things were so gross. Bartles and Janes. I stole remember one Bartles from, and my, James? from my grandmother once. Uh, Seagram's Fuzzy Navel. Yes. Wow. I, my mom used to drink that shit. Yeah. Uh, Terrible stuff. Latoya, where would you? you you've, you're a world traveler, though. You've been yeah. everywhere. Yeah, where would so you recommend? Uh, she, she goes to the United Emirates quite often. Yeah, I do. I got family out there. But my aunt, she might be moving to Shanghai. So. Wow. So I hope she's not listening because I'm not supposed to tell people. Oh. Uh, that you're moving to Shanghai? No, my aunt. <laughs> ah, she, okay. She lives in the United Arab Emirates between Abu Dhabi and Dubai. So I go out and visit her. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. They don't have to wear veils there. No. And then we drive to the country Oman and go to Muscat, which is a port city right off the Black Sea. Yeah. Oh. There, so yeah, I'm a world traveler. Yes, you are. Yeah. Uh, but no, I haven't been to Africa yet. I need to go to the motherland. Um, 
I've been having this really fascination of I, I've not just I haven't been to Latin America a lot. I've oh. only been to Puerto Rico and the Bahamas and Jamaica does not count. But I've looked. Sure they do. Okay, I've been parts of the Caribbean. The Caribbean. But I've not. I need to take my Central America, South right, America, right? Some trip. Costa Rica time, exactly. Honduras, all that stuff. Where people think I actually do can speak Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I want to, I didn't even know where I'd go. I have no, I have no money to travel right now, Uh, but I, I I love, I love Mexico so much. Oh, you do? I just love Mexico. Um, gosh, I was in Cancun not too long ago. Nice. Um, but uh, my friends had like a timeshare and they gave, they let me do the lock off room with them. And I was like, thank you. What do you love about Mexico? I love Mexicans. I I love, (laughs) love Mexico. this one, this one time we were in Manzanillo and we went to this little town that was a little far up the coast. It was just a little drive, our drive or something. And the first time we went on on our trip, um, they were, these guys were working on the road. And then we went back and they're still working on it. We went back like seven days later to the same place. The road was completely finished. Wow. Can they can hire them for Potrero? Right. Mexicans get, yeah. them. <laughs> get, get um, them over here. Yeah, exactly. I enjoy their, I, as, as much of a safety stickler as I am, I enjoy their lack of safety. I love to see 12 people standing in the back of a pickup truck as it's driving down the road. That kind of stuff I just love. I love food. I love the. I love Mexican food. I love open markets. I love dogs with huge nipples. I like great, like... I love the ocean there. I, I don't know. I just love Mexico. I love cheap beer. I love, right like, I mean, uh, uh, my favorite thing about Mexico is probably like when you sit on the beach and on it with a table with a little like, you know, umbrella thing, and then they're they're like, you know, do you want a fish? And you're like, yeah. And then they go cook you a fish, and they bring it. And it's all like grilled and a thing. Oh, yeah. And then there's cilantro and and yeah. tortillas, and you wrap it all up, and their sauce comes in a thing, and it's like so hot, and you're like, oh, somebody's grandma made it or whatever. Like, I just, I love Mexico. And it's not, and Corona is not a Mexican beer. No, I like Victoria quite a bit. And El Indio, El Indio is actually my favorite Mexican beer. And it's a weird one. I think it's just starting to be imported to the United States. Nice. And Vic- Victoria kind of came around recently, recently too. Yeah, because yeah. I drank a lot of that in Cancun. But if you ever find El Indio, it's like a dark, it's almost like a Negro Modelo dark. But it's better. Nice. It's really, really good. And I, I drank a lot of that. I know. I'm thirsty, too. Well, that is the end of the AltaCast, everybody. We're all going to get uh, some beers after I this. would. I go to work. work. I know. I would, but I have to, I'm teaching the kids tonight from 5 to 6, so I have to wait till they leave to, be to drink. Just because I would... I. I, when you're dealing with junior high age kids and you're in close quarters like this, if I smelled like alcohol at all, I would feel like I would be the worst person ever because I feel like they'd all know and I'd be like, what? I can't wait until six o'clock to have a beer. Like, come on, Pam. <laughs> exactly. Right? Like Moderation. Right, moderation. But also when kids, kids know when they smell alcohol on people and there's some weird stigma about being drunk, you know, in the middle of the day. I Around kids. I don't Around understand. Kids. I don't get it. <laughs> I know, Society is very uptight. Yeah, I, I agree crazy. with you, Pam. Uh, so if you would be willing to switch three and four and hit the breaker, thank you for joining us on the AltCast. Thanks so much to Kaysen Wise. Thank you. show on Tuesdays from two to four and to always LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth. What? Thank you again today for being a champion of truth. And uh, coming up next is some call me Tim. We're supposed to have an, a guest named Mr. Eric White, but I've never met him before, so I don't know what's going to happen with that. So it should be interesting. Uh, but we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.
Originally, the Greek god Cupid shot his arrows not to create feelings of love between two people, but instead strong feelings. Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives to smoke it. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com This is Tuchel Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station that rule the nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for me fun. $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. 
incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRack. <laughs> <laughs> SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. The second annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming March 1st through 5th, 2017 to San Francisco, featuring 25 shows in five days and 50 comedians from across the entire U.S., from Washington and Portland to Los Angeles, New York to Indiana, Tennessee to Pennsylvania, these comics will join San Francisco's best underground comedians for five days of comedy at Mutiny Radio. All shows will be live streaming and available after via podcast at www.mutinyradio.fm. But see them live in our intimate 30-seat performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Mission, March 1st through 5th. Tickets available on our website, www.mutinyradio.fm now. Brought to you by our generous festival sponsors, Alta California Botanicals, Destiny's Mom, What a Tomato Produce Company, the law offices of John P. Strauss III, Asiento, FruitFruitHot.com, Jankytown.org, Brooke Heineken, Pervert Fervor, and Trina Roderick. Asiento. This locally owned Mission neighborhood bar and restaurant is excited to be a sponsor for the festival. We hope you'll join us any night of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you are an audience member for happy hour pricing March 1st through the 5th at Asiento. Our address is 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street.
them out of sight under the bed. Doreen knocked on the green door with the gold knob. Scuffling, and a man's laugh, cut short, sounded from inside. Then a tall boy in shirt sleeves and a blonde crew cut inched the 